Let's sing together.
give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, it's your Uh, water and, and, and in 
the first century worldwide had. It was also something so common and something that would give life because without it, without water, without um, clean access to, to drink, we, we will suffer. But in that act of pouring out his blood, he sacrificed himself so that you and I can have an unhindered relationship with the Father as he has. We can be in communion with our Lord. And so with the stable diet, the, the thing that sustains us, and then with his blood, that which gives us life. We are sustained and given life. And so as we take the elements this morning, during this next song, whenever it suits you, as we reflect upon the sacrifice of God's Son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for us, and what that gives us, that He sustains us and He indeed gives us our very life, let's do that in a moment of worship and of gratitude. Love 
that persistence of faith. And as we look in the example that we find in Joseph, I love the story of Joseph. As, uh, he seems to be a very confident person, uh, misunderstood by many, but, but always faithful to God. And today I have six lessons for us about a persistent faith as we learn from Joseph. First of all, and I've got six points today, my first one is a persistent faith is not shaken by adversity. Joseph was the son of Isaac. And if you remember the story of Isaac, Isaac had two wives. He was duped into marrying Leah, and then he married his love, Rebecca, whom he really loved dearly. But Rebecca was barren for a long time. And so Isaac fathered children with Leah, Leah's maid, and with Rebecca's maid, until finally God opened the womb of Rebecca to bear children, and the first of those was Joseph. And Isaac loved him dearly, and his brothers were jealous. Genesis chapter 37, verse 3 to 4. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph used to have visions as well. Visions that God would give to him. And with an understanding of their purpose as well. He was able to interpret them. One such dream was a sheaves of wheat bound down to Joseph's elevated sheaf of wheat, meaning that his brothers would one day bow down to him. And he told his brothers, these brothers who, who hated him because he was his favorite son of Isaac, he told his brothers about this dream, and they got angry and jealous of Joseph. And so his brothers tried to kill him. They put him in the pit, and, and the Reuben wouldn't let them kill him, but then they sold him as a slave. They took his special coat, Tried to shred and smeared animal blood all over it and made it look like Joseph had been savaged by wild animals and killed. But Joseph wasn't dead. In fact, he was indeed sold as a slave. He was sold to Potiphar, a wealthy and powerful man. He was, in fact, Pharaoh's captain of the Egyptian guard. God was with Joseph and brought prosperity to everything he did. You see, because a persistent faith is not shaken by adversity. Even after being sold as a slave, Joseph remained faithful to God. Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with Joseph and blessed all that he did, and it wasn't long before Potiphar placed his whole household under Joseph's command. And God blessed Joseph and in turn, that blessed Potiphar. But Potiphar's wife, well, she was a real piece of work. In Genesis 39, recorded for us, is the story that Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph. Joseph was, was well built and handsome, the scriptures tell us, and day after day, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce Joseph. Look down in Genesis chapter 39, verses 8 to 10. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, 
My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. This didn't stop her though. One day, he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, Come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Joseph did the honorable thing. He did the right thing. He left. Now I'm sure that uh, he, he would have been tempted. He, he was a man after all. But he remained faithful to God. The Potiphar's wife, having been rejected and no doubt being offended by that, screams out so that the household servants could hear, and then falsely accuses Joseph of trying to have his way with her, saying she grabbed his cloak and he left as proof. She held on to that cloak until Potiphar came home, told him her story, and Potiphar threw Joseph in the palace prison. Now, such experiences would be enough to shake anybody's faith, but they did not shake Joseph's. Genesis 39 verse 2 says, The Lord was with Joseph. That phrase is, is scattered throughout this story of Joseph. Instead of getting upset and, and sulking, he chose to remain faithful to the Lord. His faith in God was unshakable by these trials. A persistent faith is not shaken by adversity. And a persistent faith is not spoiled by success or prosperity. Later in his life, Joseph became very wealthy and very powerful. He was truly successful. Through amazing circumstances, Joseph became Prime Minister of all of Egypt. He was second only to Pharaoh. But it would do us well to remember that we are more likely to be overcome and our faith is more likely to suffer a relapse in times of prosperity than in times of adversity. When we are beginning to get on top of everything, then it is time to beware. Some of the most dangerous times as Christians is when things are going well. The lesson to learn from Joseph is that all throughout his life, and most definitely through his success and prosperity, his faith persisted. These successes did not take away his sense of dependence upon God, and he always attributed his success and prosperity to God. A persistent faith is not spoiled by success or prosperity. My third point is a persistent faith is not moved by the most subtle temptation. It is pertinent to remember that the devil is always on the warpath seeking to trip up Christians, just as he tried to trip up Joseph. When faith persists, however, the devil is defeated and routed. Even in the midst of the cruelest onslaughts, 
Joseph, when confronted by temptation with Potiphar's wife, made the decision that he was not going to sin against God. He was not going to misuse the trust placed in him, and he was not going to let his own standards be brought down. He instead chose to persist in his faith, and the action he chose was to run. A good lesson to learn when we are tempted. Run. If you find yourself in a place where you are tempted to sin, run. Get away from it. Take yourself out of the room. You know, I admire the stance of, of U.S. Vice President Mike Pence that, that he takes on, on one-on-one meetings with women who are his wife. He just doesn't do it. We can all take action to avoid temptations. But when we do find ourselves being tempted, we always have the option to run. We can always say no. We choose how we respond. And so when tempted next, remember, a persistent faith is not moved by the most subtle temptation. My fourth point is a persistent faith is not disturbed by false and unjust accusations. After Joseph was victorious over the battle of temptation, he was yet again attacked. Joseph was falsely imprisoned, but the Lord was with him. And this reminds me of the Apostle Paul, how he also was mistreated. And it's hard to hold on to God when we are falsely accused and misunderstood, but a persistent faith does. And what's the reward? Well, if we honour God, then we can be sure that He will honour us. And you might be saying, hold on, Aaron. Joseph did honour God, yet he was sent to prison. You know what? If he had given up, given up the temptation and just, you know, gone with Paul's as well, he probably wouldn't even be in prison. He probably wouldn't have got found out. So he's done the right thing. He's honoured God, and yet he still gets sent to prison. That doesn't seem just, does it? Well, if all you're looking for in life is just the reward of simple pleasing pleasures, then sure, that, that, that's fine. But if what we're seeking in life is, is a reward from God, then, of course, Joseph has done the right thing. Because if we honour God, He will honour us. If we remain faithful to God, He will remain faithful to us. See, Joseph saw the payoff of placing his trust in the Lord and his persistence in faith held him in good stead even when he was falsely accused and imprisoned. His response was simply to remain faithful and trust in God. My fifth point is that a persistent faith is not unsettled by broken promises. See, whilst in prison, Joseph found favour with the warden because the Lord was with Joseph and he was put in charge of running the whole prison. And whilst in prison, he came to know the prisoners, one of whom was Pharaoh's cupbearer and another Pharaoh's baker. 
both guys have a dream, and Joseph interprets their dreams. And as he does, he asks that they remember him and speak well of him to Pharaoh and get him out of prison. Well, both interpretations come true. The cupbearer is reinstated, and the baker is impaled, just as Joseph said. Genesis chapter 40, verse 23. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. A persistent faith is not unsettled by broken promises. This is something we have to learn today more than ever. I know that in my life there have been countless times where I have received the raw end of the deal because of other people's un, uh, uh, broken promises, that where they have not kept their word, where they have made promises to me that have not been fulfilled. And I'm sure that you, you have the same in your life too. See, Joseph was incredibly let down by the butler who promised to remember him when he was restored to his place as the king's cupbearer as Joseph interpreted from his dream. But he didn't remember him at all. And you know what? Joseph then remained in prison a further two years. When it all could have been done, if, if the cupbearer had been true to his word, but it cost Joseph two years of his life in prison. When it all could have ended in the butler who kept his promise. But through this, Joseph's faith persisted. He did not blame God. He got on with life. A persistent faith is not unsettled by broken promises. Don't let broken promises unsettle your faith. The last point today is that a persistent faith is not influenced by human reasoning. Through all the, the horrible stuff that was dealt to Joseph, there was no hint that Joseph ever questioned the loving wisdom and will of God. He'd been hated by his brothers, cast into a pit, sold into slavery, being assaulted, being let down badly by a butler, but God was still on the throne. God had never left, not even for a moment. We may have given up if we decide to use our own logic, but Joseph didn't. He persisted in faith despite what his head may have been saying. See, human reasoning would have given up when sold as a slave. Human reasoning would have given up when imprisoned. Human reason would have given up when forgotten. But a persistent faith is not influenced by human reason. While Joseph is still in prison, the Pharaoh is greatly troubled by the dream that he is having. And no one seems to be able to give an explanation and interpret his dreams. It was then that the cupbearer remembers Joseph and tells Pharaoh about him. Genesis chapter 41, verses 14 to 16. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have a dream, and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you, 
that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And so Pharaoh tells Joseph the dreams, and Joseph interprets them. There will be seven years of abundance, followed by seven years of drought and famine. Joseph says to Pharaoh that people should be appointed to oversee collection of a fifth of the harvest, that it should be taken in and stored during the seven years of abundance to provide for the seven years of famine. Genesis chapter 41, verses 39 to 40. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to, to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. And so Joseph is appointed pretty much as, as prime minister over all Egypt, the highest position in the land except for Pharaoh. Joseph, the Bible tells us, was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh. Everything happened as Joseph had predicted. And there was so much grain in Pharaoh's stores that they could not count it. They stopped keeping records. A persistent faith is not influenced by human reasoning. And Joseph's faith was certainly persistent. Even after his death, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 22 says, By faith Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Joseph's faith in God persisted long after his lifetime. It would have seemed so bizarre as he was in old age to give instructions about what should happen to his bones. You know, when the Israelites leave Egypt and go back to their promised land. But a persistent faith is not influenced by human reasoning. It was Joseph's faith and trust in God that led to the prosperity of the nation of Israel as it established among the prosperity of the Egyptians for generations to come. He knew they would once again leave Egypt and wanted his bones carried from there to rest with his people. And I'm reminded of Isaiah as he writes in chapter 55, verses 8 to 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. A persistent faith is not influenced by human reasoning. It relies upon the Lord. There are many lessons can be learned from the life of Joseph. But his greatest attribute was that his faith was persistent. No matter what life threw at him, good or bad, he remained faithful to God. A persistent faith is not shaken by adversity. A persistent faith is not spoiled by success or prosperity. A persistent faith is not moved by the most subtle temptation. A persistent faith is not disturbed by false and unjust accusations. A persistent faith is not unsettled by broken promises. And a persistent faith is not influenced by human reasoning. So how's your faith right now? 
Is it feeling shaken by this time of adversity? Is it under threat by your success or, or prosperity? Is it challenged by temptation? Is it disturbed by false and unjust accusations? Is it unsettled by broken promises? Is it being influenced by human reasoning? See, how we respond in faith to what life throws at us reveals a lot about our relationship with the Lord. Are we persistent in faith through everything that comes our way? A persistent faith is a great attribute to strive towards and something that we each need to cultivate in our lives. And I hope and pray that we can each have a faith that persists through thick and thin and carries us home. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that indeed we are able to persist in faith. Lord, when things get tough and we get shaken by adversity, we can persist in faith. Lord, when we are successful and, and prosperous, even then we can persist in faith. Lord, when we come across subtle temptations or sometimes just wasn't like big temptations, Lord, we can uh, be persistent in faith. And Lord, when false accusations and, and unjust things come our way, we can persist in faith. Lord, where people break their promises to us, we can persist in faith. And Lord, where we see, where we don't see how on earth something could be possible by our human reasoning, we can persist in faith. And Lord, I pray right now that each one of us will persist in our faith through all that you send us, through all that comes across our path, whether good or bad, but Lord, one thing that marks us out from all those around us is that we persist in faith in you and that we live in that faith and bring the hope that is found in our faith in the resurrected Lord with us wherever we go. And so Lord, I pray now that you would help us choose to respond in faith when faced with all circumstances that challenge us all circumstances that unsettle and disturb us, Lord, we would indeed respond to those in faith. May we persist in faith. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, let's uh, finish our service this morning by singing wonderful praises to the Lord. Uh, and don't forget, get into prayer, get into small groups, and I uh, really look forward to seeing everybody over the coming weeks ahead um, as we can do church at home, at church, with 20 people. Get into it, get along. I'd love to see you here and be blessed by fellowship. And don't be sad. Jump in, get your spot, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Blessings to everyone. Let's sing.
with love for me Who the sun sets free Oh, it's free indeed I'm a child of God Yes, I am Free at last He has ransomed His grace runs deep While I was a slave to sin Jesus died for me Yes, He died for me Yeah.